There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Welcome to another episode of Max Mike Movies. Welcome as well to the beginning of another series called Focus on... John Cusack! We're going to be looking at four of Mr. Cusack's films, trying to leap through his career like a gazelle springs through the seven seas in hopes of making sense of this actor's... Seven seas? Yeah, you know, the way gazelles do. Is he just another pretty face that made a lot of romantic movies, or is there more to him? Does he like pancakes in the nude on the beach, or is he more of a rolling rock and cake kind of guy? Those are questions we will tackle, but to help me with all this rough stuff is the guy with the gramophone over his head trying to keep it wound, Max Dobler-Levine. Say anything, Max. I'm not coming out. <laughs> yes, yes I like you are. It. I like it here in the gramophone. <laughs> and I... I feel safe here. <laughs> And I am the leader of the future sport, Pike Boxing, the human <laughs> duffel bag, Mike Luce. The first film up will indeed be that 1989 classic, Say Anything, which has a lot more in common with the TV show Frasier than meets the eye. But before <laughs> we get to that, we're going to get to this, our poll question, which you helped answer. Yes, you did. And you have to live with that. <laughs> poll question. It's not a curse. <laughs> They won't answer oh, the question. Stop that's it. What you t that's what you told me when I opened the tomb. Stop. <laughs> Listen, King Tut. All right. <laughs> we asked, who is your favorite actor who started in TV but later made it big in the flickers? You brought these folks to our attention. Val Coons gave us two. Tom Hanks from Bosom Buddies and Denzel oh, sure. Washington from St. Elsewhere. I think they both went on to do something uh that hanks guy sounds familiar but i yeah. can't place him i think he was in a cartoon or yeah, whatever. yeah. thanks Val. i've seen that movie about dnd or something oh yeah yeah, yeah. I see our entire episode on yet yeah, never mind her assistant steven lumps together quote pretty much most of the snl cast and jennifer aniston oh and steven carell end quote thank you <laughs> assistant steven <laughs> Dave gives us Tony Shalhoub. Oh, is that where Tony Shalhoub came from? Uh, yeah. Who is in Wings and Monk, among other things. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Dave. That is true. Can we get a Dave out of you? Dave! Thank you. It's not, it's not a show unless you go Dave. Yep, you gotta go Dave with both barrels. That's it. Uh -huh. uh, next up is Tony Kellner with George Clooney. He started in ER, I think, and didn't he, uh, didn't he play Batman once? No. I don't know. My no, head, my, he did not. My head can't stop shaking. I don't know. Uh, good call. Thanks, Tony. Here's one I didn't see coming. Jessington Miller offered Alan Alda. I think oh. of him as more of a TV actor, but he has done some films No, he as did well. a whole bunch of movies. Yeah. That's true. And then he came back to TV. Yeah. Um, thanks, Jess. Steve Strickland and Brian Mundo posted The Rock, and he has been all over the place lately, hasn't he? I hear he, uh, I hear he can sing. I've heard that, too, and... I've heard he's actually pretty good at cooking. I've even heard he's a nice guy, which... Yeah. You know, I'll kind take Kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, stop being so nice. Okay. Yeah, come on, man. If you're going to be that good looking and that built, you could at least be a jerk. Yeah, that's what Hollywood Yeah, did you wants. learn nothing from Mark Wahlberg? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen Bryan. Yeah. Tyler Stewart went out on a limb and gave us Johnny Depp, though he admits Depp is Ooh. not his favorite person now. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Uh, Get it? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Too soon? Yes, we all got it. Mostly, I just don't care. Um, and lastly, from the site, Snowy gives us his take. 
Quote, to be honest, I can think of actors who made the transition successfully like George Clooney or Johnny Depp, but I can't say I have any favorites. I didn't have a TV when I was a kid, so I think I never thought much where I saw actors, but I liked more what project they were in. Not a great answer, I know, end quote. Still, thank you, Vince. And yeah. I, Vince is an old friend of mine. I did not know he did not have a TV when he was a kid. I literally can't yeah. make that sentence make sense. Because wow. Vince is so, clue, not clued in, but so tied to, well, he actually does like a lot of weird stuff, like faster pussycat kill killing this. <laughs> so anyway. That was you. never on TV. No. no, no. Thank you, Vince. What about you, Max? Who's your favorite XTV Now cinema star? I gotta go. I got two of them, really. Yeah. One of them is Robin Williams. Yeah. Okay. Who, uh, I really. The other, just in terms of how much he changed from his TV persona, is Lawrence Fishburne. The first time I remember him being on TV was on the Pee Wee Herman show as Cowboy Curtis. That, that's yeah. I actually remember he was in an episode of Mash. Uh, he played a bit part. Yes, that's right. He was, but yeah, didn't he have like one line? <laughs> one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Not, nothing big there. Yeah. Um, I I'm not sure he did much TV, but he uh, very he cleverly there. He got out as quickly as he could. <laughs> um, Robin How about Williams. You? Well, Robin Williams. Okay. I, I Mark and Mindy felt always felt like. Robin Williams deigning to do a TV show. Oh, it was the Robin Williams show, and everyone else just sort of tried to hang on and stay on camera. Yeah, in focus. Um, yeah. And I'm not a huge Robin Williams fan, mostly because I think often he goes too far, and his energy level kind of eclipses whatever he's in. That being said, he did have a really interesting range. He actually started doing stuff yeah. other than comedy, um, sometimes from very tragic characters, and so i got to give yep. him a lot of credit for that. Um, the ones that popped up to me, the two obvious ones are Clooney and Hanks, um, but mm -hmm. actually one I'd yeah. forgotten about because I didn't realize he'd had started in TV was Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, you mean from uh, Sherlock? Sherlock? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is TV, and to be fair, yeah. is still my favorite role of his. I think he does a good Doctor Strange. Um, I still am a little. I'm less suspect of his accent in the second movie than the first, but it's still like, where are you from again? Oh, America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah. 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 But as usual, you all came up with great answers, and we'd like to shower you with Bumpy Bucks, the cryptocurrency that hasn't yet bottomed out, but uh, as it doesn't exist, we'll just thank you yep. a lot. <laughs> there is a new question for this week. Ooh, tell us, tell us. What romantic movie couple do you wish you could check in on 20 or 30 years later? So this Who I call Boris and Natasha. Yes, Max, you can answer that next week, uh, just like our listeners will. But let us know, won't you? We'll tell you how at the end of the show, just to keep you listening. Right now, yeah. let's move on to trivia about this week's movie. Oh, do let's. The show. Budget, 16 million. Take, take a guess. This was surprising to me. 85 million. 21.5. Oh, wow. Didn't do that well at all. It didn't. And uh, I didn't actually put this in the trivia, but it was there. Apparently, the reason it did at all well was sort of directly tied to uh, Siskel and Ebert. They both really liked the movie and pushed it on. I actually think they both said it was one of, if not their favorite movie of the year. Wow. Uh, Lloyd's, uh, the character Lloyd, played by John Cusack, his sparring partner, did you recognize him? I knew it from the credits. That was Don the Dragon Wilson, who he references in the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, there is another a, re a connection from this movie to Gross Point Blank. A CR review on Gross Point Blank. Isn't Don the Dragon Wilson in that too? 
No, Benny the Jet Arcade oh, right. is. And if he's you, the ghoul. If you ever see, yeah, if you've ever seen Benny the Jet, you don't forget that face. That's a uh, very uh, very distinctive face. That's a good way of putting it. Yes, distinctive. Also, Benny the Jet Arcade was John Cusack's kickboxing coach. Right, and we're going to get to that in just a few seconds yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, this is director Cameron Crowe's first film. He later oh. go on to direct such movies as Jerry Maguire, Almost Famous, Vanilla Sky, and We Bought a Zoo. See our previous episode on Almost Famous. And our upcoming one on We Bought a Zoo. No, 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 we're not going to be doing that, I hope. Uh, This is the same martial arts dojo as used in, do you know what film? Nope. The Karate Kid. Oh, no kidding. So those little kids will grow up to be Ralph Macchio. (laughs) Or or worse, they'll grow up to be the Cobra Kai boys. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know if you noticed this. I did, and I was like, where did that come from? That scar in Lloyd's right eyebrow? Yeah. Yeah, Cusack put that there himself. Intentionally? Yeah, it was supposed to be part of his backstory. Apparently, when he was a kid, some other kid threw a rock at him, and he wanted there to be a scar. And I'm like, okay, sure, interesting, sure. I missed this. I totally missed this. There's a point where Lloyd is driving around town in Seattle, yeah. and there's a theater in the background, and that you can see the marquee. Do you know what film is playing at this theater? Sixteen Candles. No, Tape Heads. Oh, <laughs> which came out nice a year tape. previous. Nice touch. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that was real or they put it up there, but that was, that was that. pretty cool. Huh. Uh, this is B.B. Neuwirth's first film. And oh, wow. she gets to be in the same film as future father-in-law, Fraser Crane's dad. <laughs> I mean, it's John Mahoney. But what? Yeah, but let's face it. He's Fraser Crane's dad. He's I Fraser mean, Crane's dad. In all my notes, I just referred to him as dad. Yeah. Uh, this film has made it to quite a few best of lists, including Roger Ebert's, as I said, and the 1001 Movies to See Before You Die book. Although it didn't do well. A third member of the eventual Fraser cast would be the city of Seattle itself. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, sure. Even though a lot of it was shot somewhere else. Okay. Uh, John Cusack and Ione Sky had a bit more than on screen chemistry. Ione Ooh. admitted that had they not both been in other relationships, they likely would have gone home with each other after shooting the teacher to drive the stick shift scene. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a nice planned. Touch. There was a planned TV series that was all set to go into production. Oh, I think I heard about that. Until it was learned that director Cameron Crowe did not approve, the plug was yanked. That's kind of refreshing. Yeah. That, oh, what the creator doesn't like it? All right, we won't do it. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, the creator won't like it. We'll we'll just name him Floyd uh, yeah. Bobler. R Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Philip J. Fry. Um, <laughs> this is not Cusack's first role. It was his 14th, but it's probably his first iconic role, I would say. Um, I well, I still think Tape Heads. I think his Tape Heads role is pretty iconic, but only to us. Well, so few people saw it, which is too bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Bef- I have a little bit of uh, trivia on Mr. Cusack himself. Before I do that, do you have any trivia you know about the movie itself? Well, just that even though she is not in the credits... His sister, Joan, is in this movie as his sister. Joan, no. <laughs> no, Constance. Yeah. I didn't realize she wasn't in the credits. No, she's uncredited. But That's uh, weird. She's, yeah, it's weird because she, she plays, she has a significant presence. She doesn't know yeah. a lot. She only has like three scenes. Yeah. But, you know, she's very much there. And now because we're doing a little series, a little mini series on John Cusack, I'm going to do a little bit of background on John Cusack. Okay. Um, He was born in 1966 in Evanston, Illinois, uh, which is a suburb of Chicago. His father was a documentary filmmaker, which likely had some influence on young John. He's the baby with sisters Anne and Joan being actors before him. A real-life kickboxing enthusiast, he's trained in the sport for over 20 years. 
Interestingly, he's never been married nor had children. Um, oh. I'll try and do a bit more as we go on for the rest of the series, but sure. uh, um, for now, the plot. It's graduation day in Seattle and all the kids are going. Our main interests are school valedictorian Diane Court, played by Oni Skye. She has a doting father, played by John Mahoney, who wants nothing more in life than to provide everything for his daughter. The other main interest is Lloyd Dobler, an army brat living with his sister and her child, played respectively by John and Joan Cusack. Seems Lloyd has set his sights on Diane, whom everyone assures him is way out of his league. And they're right. Thing mm. is, Lloyd is actually a decent guy. He cares about her almost from the beginning. Diane's been kept constantly studying and finds out, when invited to the big graduation party by Lloyd, that she doesn't really know anyone. Though he's seemingly directionless, Lloyd and Diane click, even when she's given a full ride to a prestigious British college. Lloyd has only 16 weeks to try and make something of the relationship. All the while, unbeknownst to both of them, danger is threatening in the background as the IRS zooms in on Dad as he's been caught fleecing customers from his old age home. It doesn't help that his disapproval of Lloyd is fairly obvious. Will love conquer all? Is prison really all that bad? And will holding a boombox over your head and playing Peter Gabriel songs really get you into the cinematic history books? Watch and see. The Lowdown. That they can't watch because they can just hear us. The movie. Oh. <laughs> My first note is Fraser Dad. <laughs> Sadly, I did not remember John Mahoney's name. Um, the oh. two things I knew about him was Fraser Dad and that the actor himself is gay, which was really surprising because I think he was the only one on that series that you wouldn't have pointed at and said, "Is that yep. guy gay?" Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Although the only yeah, other he also he also sounds like he spent most of his life gargling hot asphalt. Yeah, I appreciate the cringe worthiness of the scene where he's singing in the. <laughs> Oh, I, I love that. He's so happy. He's just gotten the letter that his daughter has won the Reed Fellowship, which, by the way, is a big friggin' deal. Yes. It's a real thing. deals with the Reed College in England, and it is a incredibly prestigious award. And he's driving to tell her, and he's singing along with Ricky Don't Lose That Number. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> well, he is reciting the words, and you can hear his vocal folds bleeding. And he does. I gotta say, the music in this is so friggin' eighties. Yeah, especially I, there. One of the things I really like about this movie is how immediately you know the characters. That Cameron Crowe is a really good way. I can't describe it. He gives a character just a little bit to do, and you instantly know everything about them. Yeah, which is a they, rare thing, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean. At the high school graduation, it's one of the early scenes. It's before Diane gives her speech. She's the valedictorian, superstar, yeah. academic, one that pro either everyone didn't know or hated mm -hmm. because she would have blown the hell out of the grade point curve. Yep. The previous class speaker is just some guy singing, again, I put that in quotes, singing, the greatest love of all. Yeah, boy. Badly. He actually made John Mahoney sound good. Yeah, and everyone is really into it and waving their arms and cheering and it's like I you know this guy. He was the guy, he was he was the popular guy, the class clown. He's a jock. He's going to be working at a gas station in 4 years. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um I just as a little sidetrack thing that I was going to do later but you brought it up graduation. So the high school that we graduated from graduations were not entirely traditional. Not um, really. Um, you, you went in a tuxedo, didn't you? 
Or no? Uh, I wore a tuxedo shirt. Shirt. Ah, okay. I, even though the rest <laughs> of the people in my group said they were going to do it, and none of them yep. did, That's came right. dressed... That's all right, you stand out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I came dressed as my T&D character. So I was wearing chainmail that I had made myself, and boots, and I had and a, a dagger. sword. No, no. Oh, I did have a sword, oh. but I also had a dagger yeah. strapped to one forearm, and leather gauntlets, which was hot. It was awesome. And a big black wool cape that I borrowed from our church priest. Because um, why he had a Dracula cape, I don't know, but he did. <laughs> and somehow the principal did not see me until it was time for me to come up and get my diploma. And he, this was, we hugged our, our principal. We actually liked our principal. He was a, an interim. He only lasted a year, which is too bad. But I went to go give him a hug, and he just pushed me back, and he looked me up head to toe. I was like, what the hell? I was like, hey, <laughs> go with it. And so it was fine. But yes, and I do have photos. Um, it, it was, we didn't have anybody jumping out and screaming, you know, not Ricky, don't lose the number. What was it? It was uh, you're the, the greatest the love of all, or anything like that. But it was, and we didn't have to we, wear the 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 caps. We didn't gowns. wear the gowns. These guys are all wearing the polyester gowns and the the caps. That it's very much a standard sort of graduation. Yeah. It's also there are a couple of things that just mark it as it really marks the time when at one point Lloyd looks around and you see all the parents are pointing these enormous camcorders. Well. Later on, there's a scene where he's putting a movie in for the people at the old folks' home, and he's sticking a tape in a VCR, and I was just like, ah, the VCR! <laughs> yep, yep, you see the FBI warning and everything. And I also just thought that that, so there's a, this is a scene, we're going to go, I want to cycle back to the characters, but there's a scene at this VCR where he's at this old folks' home where Diane lives, and it's her father's old that folks' works, home. Yeah. At works, yeah, she doesn't live there. And he, she goads him into going because she is like they're nice you should meet them and whatever and he decides to show a movie for them and what movie does he pick he picks cocoon it's like here's a movie about old people who get to be young again which you don't get to do (laughs) i couldn't tell if that was meant to be a joke or or not. i I don't know um yeah so fraser dad um who's actually his name it's court and i can't remember his first name but mr Uh, i believe it is it oh, John God, or Bob? I, forgot or, too. I think it's John. But. Yeah. Um, you, the only thing we don't get right away, and spoiler, there's this subplot, which I mentioned, is that yeah. he could be a thief, which turns yeah. out he is. And it's actually, I thought that was actually a really interesting twist because mm. the guy is just so focused on his daughter. and not, He obviously just loves her. I mean, he not does. creepy, not obsessive no although he does use that phrase that usually makes me wince which is i'm a father and a friend and it's like yeah yeah i don't want you as a friend dad i want you as a dad (laughs) yeah and it's possible that he's been a little bit overzealous right i think part of her estrangement from the uh rest of the class is him being a little bit protective but mostly just making sure she studies to get this thing yeah, it's not clear if he's been pushing her or if that really she is that ambitious because you could believe she is. She has that dictionary in her room yeah. that Lloyd's looking at. Going, this is you know, he's this huge dictionary. He said, "Oh yeah, I used to make a thing of marking the words I looked up." And he's flipping the pages, and just about every word <laughs> is marked. Yeah. This girl read the dictionary. Yeah, and she's very typically the smart girl who in this case because it's the 80s and it's a rom-com happens to also be pretty i mean it's ioni sky (laughs) i i I do i love the description she's a brain trapped in the body of a game show hostess yeah i i mean also ioni sky's name i she gets 10 points just for that That is she has such a cool name (laughs) she does that name yeah 
Um, so we understand her right away. The nice thing is, is they don't take her to an extreme. No, she's not like socially inept. No, she's not clumsy. She's not she doesn't awkward. Wear glasses. <laughs> she doesn't wear glasses and then take them off. And no, she's gorgeous to be at the beginning. She she knows also she knows how to dress. Yep. She's she's not a, a misfit in that way. She is just unfortunately a genius surrounded by ordinary people. Yeah, and Lloyd is one of them. Yeah, and Lloyd as John Cusack. He, John Cusack is just sort of fully formed. I believe he came out of the womb and he was John Cusack. <laughs> like his yeah. character is so. <laughs> cemented now and to be fair i don't know as many of his earlier films um but pretty much this one to me from here on in you're gonna get john cusack um especially in the rom-coms and when you said that um the director um cameron crowe has this thing way of of letting characters do things and you instantly know who they are that's john cusack and i don't know that he has a type but it's john cusack he, yeah, you immediately know who he is, and I love the way he's presented when he's saying he wants to ask out Diane, and he has these friends who are his best friends, and I like they don't really make much about out of this. They're all girls. Yeah, which I think I'm like, saying girl. Yeah. <laughs> How are you which, straight? How does that which work? Which one of them, by the way, is Lily Taylor, who is awesome. She's the she redhead. Right? She's Corey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Musician. Oh God, Corey. <laughs> Yes. Oh, we'll, we'll talk. I well, we got to talk about her. But we then, will. Yeah. She's saying, you know, when he's saying, I'm going to ask her out, and they're trying to convince him not to, because like you know, our kinds do not mix. Yeah. You know, she's a brain. The she's like, I don't want. We just don't want you to get hurt. I love it. He just looks as I want to get hurt. It's like, damn. Yeah. That that's as a teenager, that's unbelievably brave. He's like, I want. He wants to take a chance. He wants to make himself vulnerable. It's like, wow. Yeah. Man, don't let them stop you. And the nice thing is, they also appreciate him, which he just starts going out with her, and the girls are sitting there talking about, I mean, come on, if, if you were Diane Court, would you fall for Lloyd? And they all sit there, and they all start going, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Lloyd is a really nice guy, and I don't mean that in the... You know, you could crumple nice him up and blow guy. him away. It's no, like he's a good guy. He's yeah. a good person. Yes, and he's it, a, yeah. one of the scenes earliest on that I really like is him playing with his nephew. This is little yes. kid Jason, who's like four, five, and yep. he has got this rapport with this little kid. They they totally get each other. They're almost yep. more like brothers. But instead of being like a high school guy who's like, oh, I don't want to deal with kids. I don't want to deal with kids. He's like. He calls him J-Man, and yeah. they're just like, they're buddies. They play, they're playing together. They're, they're in these scenes, where even when he's incredible, he's depressed after a breakup, he, he, you see the two of them lying on the couch, and the kid's completely at ease, and Lloyd is not, like, pulling away. He's glad the kid... There's no dialogue. He's just watching TV, and he look, he's this thunderous look, but his whole body language is attuned to the kid. Yeah. It, it's just, it's adorable. And it tells you one thing right there, although it's not true in real life because he didn't ever have any, but it's like, Lloyd's going to make a great dad. He is going to be, like, even better a dad than we think John Mahoney is. Spoiler! (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. um, Corey, let's get to Corey. Corey Uh, is a hoot. I'm... I wanted more of the movie to be about her. I'm sitting there watching. I want the. Mo- I want this to be the Corey and Joe movie. I want to see more about that. Oh man, what a train wreck that is! Because oh, and so- again, talk about immediately knowing a character. The character Joe, yeah, who is this boyfriend apparently who's been like messing with her head. She almost she attempted suicide over him. Yeah, he has like two lines 
and you immediately go, I hate this guy. This guy is a douchebag. He is just awful. He's the worst kind of toxic male. I Let's get back to that, because that, yeah. I think, is going to be a very important part of this movie. Uh, Corey, though, one of the things I'm amazed you left out, the other reasons we know immediately what's up with her is Lloyd tells us she wrote 68 songs about him. <laughs> so yes, they're all, and she, when he's, he's trying to, he's telling Joe to keep away from her. He's yeah. like, she wrote 68 songs this summer. They're all about you. They're all about pain. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, this is another way we know Joe's a douchebag. Oh. He's like, yeah, I got a tape. Someday it's going to be worth a fortune. It's like, okay, that's great. Like, I'm like, Lloyd, please kickbox his head off. Yeah. Uh, I do like Corey. I think I, I worry for her. Yeah. I don't think it's going to end up well, especially because she and Joe look like they're going to get back together. But she's interesting. And she is, and smart and creative, although <laughs> the songs we hear <laughs> are not not really that. I mean, Lloyd keeps saying how talented she is, and it's not really an indicator. But you know what, though? She is. That is exactly the kind of song you would write in high school. Yeah, exactly that is true. The kind of that thing. is true. Um, later on, and it's weird, it's such a throwaway thing. It's right after it turns out Lloyd and Diane have had sex. And to Lloyd's credit, he does not tell them they figured out it's not that hard. Well, he's Lloyd, glowing. Well, Lloyd is just wandering around the basement, which she has every guitar known to man. I thought it was I a thought they were in a, I thought they were in a no, car shop. That's her basement. That's her home. Yeah, oh my God. All those guitars are hers. He's just wandering around. And he's playing the guitar, and he's actually playing it pretty well. And I'm like, yeah, are they going to talk about it? No, Lloyd just does that. Yep, it's just sort of there. And Lloyd's character, we find out, he's living with his sister who had a failed relationship with a guy. She had a kid who's J-Man Jason, who, if I remember correctly, is the son of, do you know who this was? I don't remember. Barbara Streisand and Elliot Gould. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jason Gould. Okay. Or something, he hasn't been Gould, but yeah. Uh. Um so she's living in a one-bedroom apartment, and his folks are off in his father's. I Germany, think, in the Armini. I think. Armini? Yeah. He's in the Armini. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the Ar- the Armini in Germany. <laughs> That's what it is. The <laughs> army in Germany is, in fact, the Armini. Um, <laughs> so they wanted him to move in with his sister, which is obviously there's some friction there, as to be expected. But you can also oh, sure. tell most of the anger or most of the uncomfortableness comes from the fact that his sister, Constance, is having to deal with being a single mother and yeah. is still upset about the relationship failing. And she's clearly not that much older than he is. So no. she's, she's very young and she has a small child. Yeah. yeah it, it, she's got difficulties, but again, it's still clear. She loves Lloyd. Yeah. And, and he, he loves her and you can tell he also loves the kid. It's yeah. Just, <sighs> it's a really nice family dynamic they have. And it's barely shown. Yeah. But we know it immediately. And Lloyd, he. This is such a, a hard thing to depict or even to experience and have it not go the wrong way. Because initially, Diane says no. She's busy. She tries to give him all of the usual cues. I'm not interested. And the thing is, is that she eventually changes her mind, not so much because Lloyd keeps pressing, but it's the way he keeps pressing. Because when Lloyd gets nervous, Lloyd, ta- Lloyd talks. Yeah, he, talks re- he talks a lot, and he tends to reveal more of himself. And he doesn't regret it. No, but and it's the she only realizes time he does. there's something kind of interesting about him. And I think also and, when she goes to the party, she realizes, you know, I don't know if I know anything about anybody. That's that was a real. The party is a great sequence. First off, you realize she doesn't know anyone, and everybody knows Lloyd, even though he's only been at school. 
for a couple of for he hasn't he's been out for like a year because yep. he was with his family in Europe. But but everybody knows him and everybody likes him. Yeah, he's not a standout. He's not like. Oh man, it's cool. Lloyd's here. It's not like that. No, it's but just it's like, like, hey oh, Lloyd, yeah, it's how you Lloyd. Doing? Hey Lloyd, hey glad you're here. But of Did course, you, he also gets way, stuck the, with the keys. He gets the keys. To be the the key, key is man. the key master of Gozer. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you, by the way, did you recognize the host of the party? I didn't. That's Eric Stoltz. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Yeah, glad he did not end up being uh, in uh, Back <laughs> to the Future because yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so real quick, there's another one of the little talking points. Yeah. Um, during your senior year or graduation or everything, did you go to a party like this? You mean a graduation party yeah. like that? No. Mine, I, wasn't, I, mine wasn't a graduation party. Yeah? I had a party. It was nothing like that. Was I there? I don't... I thought you were. <laughs> I don't remember who was there because basically it started out with a... I think it started out with just a group of us gamers. So I, you must have been there. I must have been And then, then about 50 other people just sort of appeared. Oh, well, that's how it was. Um, this kind of party. So I did go to, it wasn't a graduation party. It was a senior year party. I did go. And there was a key person with a fishbowl. Oh. Um, and it was music and there was drinking because at that particular blink of a moment of time <laughs> for like six months, yeah. um, drinking age was not federal. It was state. And in Massachusetts, right. it was 18 and I was 18. So, of course, yeah, I didn't. But uh, I'm trying to think from there. Is that where we went to our chemistry teacher's house? I think it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's where I got drunk. <laughs> I, I did like, at, at the party, did you, first off, we get to see Jeremy Piven shows up uh, in the first of his many, many roles that John Cusack gives him in his movies. Okay. And uh, he is the one who, you know, Tackles Lloyd at the end, uh, going, "Give me my Firebird key." I love this moment because Lloyd like flips over and goes, "You must chill. You must <laughs> chill. I have hidden your keys." <laughs> I love you, man. I love you too. <laughs> I think the thing I like about that and the scenes with the kid, and even the scenes with him calling up Diane, is it shows so much about the fact that Lloyd is very centered and very capable. Lloyd is able to deal with things as they come at him. And he's just yeah. he just will take care of things. And you can tell that as he grows older, and maybe this is because of having been an army brat and having to, you know, not know as many people as often. Lloyd is just gonna be one of those guys that's like, yeah, I took care of that. It's fine. We're all done. Yeah. Oh, the water heater broke. Yeah, no, I took care of it. It's fine. He's very good at fitting in, he's very good at adapting. You get the feeling. He's just also, yeah, he's very competent. Even when he's teaching her to drive stick, he's so he does patient that really well. Because he's she very, doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't do well. But I mean, hey, driving stick is hard. Yes, but. it is. Also, the scene, and she she cites this on the when they're walk, they're coming back from the party. They stop at a Seven Eleven. He sees a pile of broken glass on the ground, and he st stops her and says, "Careful, watch out for the glass." And he goes over and he kicks it out of her way. Yeah. And she remembers that. It's like, wow, you know, he's taking care of me. He's he's watching out for me. Yeah. And again, that's a, just a really nice moment. And then it's tied with somebody who. In any kind of moment of crisis, emotional weirdness, doesn't come unglued, but kind of loses it. Like when he first meet, shows up to the first date and he's talking to Diane's father, and 
he like he should have stopped at about the third thing he said, but he keeps going, and he's like, "Yeah, I just want to. What do you want to do with for? What do you want to do with yourself, uh, Lloyd?" It's like, "I want to spend as much time with your daughter as I can." Oh, Don't that. say that. <laughs> yeah, to her yeah. Father, but he does. Um, well, Corey says to her friends at one point, "He can't meet. The, he, he's going to a family dinner. That's terrible for someone like Lloyd." Yeah. Why? Because he does the nerd when he gets nervous, he talks. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and he does that whole speech of I don't want to buy anything, sell anything, or process anything. I don't want to buy anything that was processed or sold. It goes over. Yeah. It's a, it's a great little speech, but it's not what you say to your 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 girlfriend's dad. Yeah, I mean, basically, he can take care of anything that comes at him, but Lloyd can't plan. Lloyd has no idea of what he wants to do in the future. He likes to kickbox, but he even says, I don't know if I'm good or great, and I'd need to be great to make it anywhere. And he's like, I, I've never been knocked out until the end of the film. Uh, I mean, even there, it's not his fault. But no. he's like, he Joe is, I think, and this is also potentially a reflection of that army brat background, is kind of directionless. The only direction he knows he could go and he doesn't want to, which is to join the army. Yeah. And honestly, As he said, I think that would be a waste of, uh, of Lloyd. Yeah. And Diane gets is an, is interesting too. We find out that right after the party when she's talking about her past, her parents divorced when she was thirteen. We never really find out what happened with them. No, but she had to go to court and choose which one she wanted to live with. Wasn't that awful? Uh, I mean, I, when my parents were divorced, I was seven, and there was just but back then it was just a given. The right. kids went with the mom. Right. There was never a question about it. But the idea of having to do that at the at age thirteen to sit there and say I want to live with dad, not mom. No wonder when the one scene we see with her mother is so unbelievably uncomfortable. Yeah, and you know that was another thing that's like, I, I don't know that it was a necessary scene to see her with the mother, but I think it actually helped us learn more about Diane than it did the yeah. mother because she's oh, like. Yeah. This is uncomfortable. I don't want to do this, but I need to help my dad, who's now being investigated by the IRS. Um, spoiler: He did it. Um, and yeah, that, well, well, big, we'll boy that. It. big boy did it. Big boy did it. <laughs> Thank you, Mumbles. <laughs> and uh, she's basically pleading with her mother's like, "Look, I know you guys divorced. Just say something nice yeah. when they come to talk to you, because they're going to be interviewing. I mean, they show up at his house in the middle of a dinner party, right? And by the way, yes, the IRS will do that. Yeah." The I IRS investigations are not fun. Oh, I they assume are, so. They are, because the IRS has almost no oversight from other government bodies. They can do largely what they want. Mm. And they, don't, they, have a, they are very backed up. They don't have a lot of personnel. So they tend to be brutal. Yeah. I'm not saying they're bad at it. I'm just saying they're not diplomatic. Yeah. Um, and, ugh. It, it, that whole thing is it's, you're sitting there going because we believe him because John Mahoney we see him as such this nice guy who dotes on his daughter and he's so conscientious taking care of these sweet old people and the old part, the old folks home that they're in looks you know beautiful for quite honestly it looks like no old folks home I've ever seen and I've seen a bunch of them yeah and uh, it's clean and the, everyone looks is is nice is dressed well and taking really taken care of and we're like oh. This whole thing with the IRS, it's, oh, this is so unfair. It's obviously a mistake or a vendetta. 
and then we find out it's not. Well, I like the way they introduce it, too, because yeah. she, Diane has broken up with Lloyd because her father's in trouble, and she is not slow, so hip, hip, hip. And, <laughs> um, and he's been pushing her to break up with Lloyd. Yeah, he, I, I think Very that he's... Subtly, but he's been doing it. This is that point where the protective father becomes the overprotective father, and it's yeah. not done to any kind of horrible extreme but and let's face it fathers and daughters that's a thing that dads don't like any boy their daughters go out with and they're probably right <laughs> but she breaks up with lloyd and the saddest part of it is that lloyd you can see him struggling with it and he's not being a jerk to her he just wants to know why and she yeah won't he doesn't understand because he loves her she said he loved oh god at one point she says i love in that speech i love you but she's doing air quotes yeah and he's like what is that what are you doing with your hands what is that and the poor guy, I was going to get to this later. This film has a, I don't think it was necessarily meant to be this way, but this film has a big focus on toxic male masculinity. Because one, once he breaks up with her, he gets on the phone, and I think he's talking with Corey. No, he's talking to his sister. I, oh, I turned on the right. subtitle because I couldn't hear the name. Okay. He's, he's talking to Constance. And what does he say? He says, I feel like crying. And when there's a hint of a tear, he uses his fist and knocks it away. Literally knocks, like punches the tear away. But he won't let himself do it because guys are taught not to do that. Yeah. And look look at the father. Same thing. Dad, he needs to make money because he wants to make his daughter feel well because he failed in his marriage. So he does all these things and it just shoves it away and doesn't talk about it, doesn't deal with it. He just keeps it away. And when, of yeah. course, things come to a head... When he, things start coming down on him, there's that scene. It's actually a heartbreaking shot after his credit cards have been declined. Yep. He's sitting in the bathtub, in fully dressed in his suit, huddled. Yep. And he looks so vulnerable and so pitiful. But where is he? He's in the bathtub with the bathroom door locked. Yeah. Because that's the only way guys He's are hiding. to deal he with emotions. Yeah, he, can't, he can't express it. The and toxic masculinity, I think, they really, sh they really zing it to you in the sequence. Again, <laughs> after um, Lloyd and uh, Diane breaks up with him, also that horrible moment of where, where her dad is going, you know, give him a gift, give him this pen. And he gives her this Mont Blanc pen, which those things cost a fortune, but it's a friggin' pen. And she gives him, she does, she gives him a pen, and he has that great line, I gave her my heart, she gave me a pen. Yeah. But the scene you're talking and about... <laughs> comes right after that, he's like, I... I don't. I know too many girls. I got to hang out with guys. So he's in the parking lot behind the AMPM. For those of you who don't know, that's a Seven Eleven, Wawa's, whatever you want to call it. Circle K, with the guys, yeah. including Jeremy Piven and Joe. Yeah, and they are. It's like the Council of Bros. It totally is. Yeah. And he's like, wait. If you know so much about women, why are you hanging out here? And they all look blank. For Long a pause. <laughs> uh, and then choice. A, by yeah. choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Conscious choice. We, do you not recognize Steve Zahn was one of them? Oh, was he? Okay. Yes. One he, of them. And I, they, he finds the, oh, you broke up with Diane, man. That's a brain, man. You need a stallion. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's a, she's a show pony. You need a stallion. you need a stallion. What? That's not what you think. Cause. Yeah, and they're giving this. You, know, you got to find a girl who looks just like her and like like mess her up. Yeah, and then goes, dump her, dump her. Yeah, <laughs> like, and one of the guys giving advice is this like kid who can't be more than twelve or thirteen. You know, bitches, man, I gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> and that's to me why 
I can't tell if this was something that's done on purpose or not, because Lloyd is part of the problem. Lloyd can't deal with his feelings either. I feel like crying. I don't do it because guys don't, right? And I, it's 89, so I don't even think the term toxic masculinity has come up yet. But to yet. me, I mean, that's part of what the title's about, right? Say anything. Every time you see, I hear the title say anything, I think of Lloyd with the boombox over his head. That's not oh, what it's referring to. The say no, anything it's referring refers to, what... to everybody in this film. Well, it also, it's specifically said by uh, Diana and her father. He said, right. you know you can say anything to me. And she right. said, I always thought I could say anything to you. Right. And there's that really tough scene where she's basically she's she this the the IRS guy, um, she sits down with him and he says, "Yeah, the IRS boss. Do you have a house that's nice and it's full of oh. nice things, but not too nice? Is everything around nine thousand dollars, which happens to be the price of the jukebox and probably the ring?" Yeah. Does he does he give a lot of gifts? Does yeah. he work with a does he buy a lot of stuff with cash? There are a lot of rugs and a lot of art artwork. And the answer is and you yes. And that you're suddenly thinking. Oh, yeah, he fits the profile. Uh oh, and then she goes snooping around, and she finds a big box full of cash. Yeah, which is it is interestingly sitting out in the middle of the living room. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, this guy is not a master criminal. Well, and then she goes and she confronts him after she finds the money. She goes to her father and she says, "I just need to know. Just be honest with me." And he isn't. Because he, yeah, he can't said, deal with the. Swear to God, it's swear like, to God that you didn't do it. I didn't do it. Then she just looks at him and says, "I found the money." And he breaks. And he is, you see his face just collapse. Great little acting moment for John Mahoney, Very, by the way. Really good. Um, but that's the deal. That is the toxic masculinity right in the moment. It's like they can't deal with emotion. They have no idea. And I got to say, I was brought up in that time period. I'm the same so, way. Yeah, I do well, the yeah, same thing. It happens to me too. Absolutely. And, it's. I don't, it's what we were supposed to do. but I, I don't think that it was necessarily a point of Cameron Crowe or the screenwriters, but it's really cool the way it's portrayed because you can tell. It's like, well, you know, if you had just, if you had just, if you could just cry, you'd probably be a lot better off, but he can't. And so Lloyd goes through this whole period where he's just like, just angry. Messed up. He, start, he starts making recordings to Corey. That's yeah. basically kind of like Corey's songs to joe right yeah they're his version of pain yep his expression of pain but i gotta say on lloyd's in, in lloyd's defense he also fights against that stereotype he right after they after they sleep together he writes her this really sweet letter just saying i'll always be there for you with all the love in my heart he puts himself out there he doesn't try to act cool or distant well, he sort he, of tries to and realize with the guys and realize it just, it's like, that's not me. I don't work yeah, this way. Yeah, I can't do this. I, no. That's not who I am. And it isn't. And is that at when she's, you know, she's confronted her father and she's run, she runs to Lloyd. This was always a scene I, I'm still not sure about. You know, she she's basically pleading with him to take her back, saying, I love you. I need <laughs> right you. Right after he has his nose broken. <laughs> yeah, after it's his nose broken and reset, and he's standing there bleeding. And oh, he just nose. says, just, just tell me, are you here because you need me or you need somebody? And what I love is he goes, forget it. I don't, I don't care. care. Yeah. And just whole grabs her. Lord, it's is so, so sweet, and it's just so... Again, he could have been an absolute monster right there, and he would have had, and and no one could have blamed him. But he's like, no, I I, I don't care. I, I I want you in my life. I don't care on the t what terms. 
and then there's a scene where they go because the dad's been arrested, um, and he's oh in he's prison. been convicted. He's yeah. And he what's he yeah? What does he get? He gets nine, nine months, months in minimum security and one hundred twenty-five thousand dollar fine, which these days would be about three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and uh, yeah, for ripping off old people for decades. Well, and he loses his business; it gets taken yeah. over by the state. Yeah. So he's going to be left with I don't know because we can't Probably tell. The nothing, box doesn't have no that much in it. Yeah, also nobody's, well, I'm sure that got uh, confiscated. I'm, I'm sure no one's going to hire him. Yeah, his life is, is very badly damaged. And Diane is about to go off to England for the Reed Fellowship. And sort of the cherry on top is he fi- figures out Lloyd is going to go with her. Yeah. And he can't stand that. He says to this is, again, I think, a real tribute to the character of Lloyd. Because he is just awful to him. It's like, you're a distraction. Yeah. You're not part of her life. You're a distraction. Lloyd is hurt, but he gives him the letter from Diane. And he more or less knows what's in it. Yeah, he was with her. She's written several drafts because, (laughs) of course, she has. And he's like, the guy's like, he's reading it and his face is just falling. She can't still be mad. That's a... It gets better if it if it's the part that ends. I can't. I can't. Uh, Still can't stop help. loving you. I yeah. can't stop loving you. And he like he wants to encourage him. He wants him to feel better. He wants the dad to feel better, even though the dad has never given him anything but grief. Yeah, and is responsible for most of the pain in their relationship. And he's still trying. As he said, "You're a distraction." And I like Lloyd. Just says, "Yeah, I'm the distraction who's going to England with her." He also. I think once again it comes up. What are you going to do? You know, who are you going to be? And he he comes to this line, and it's like, I'm going to take care of your daughter. I'm pretty good at it. And it's like, you know, this isn't a fairy tale, but you don't meet people like that very often, if ever. And Lloyd's just a good guy. And in, I think if you made this film today, there would have to be a scene where Lloyd does something crappy, or we have to see the chink in Lloyd's armor. And it's like, no, Lloyd's just a good person and he has no illusions he knows diane is smarter than he is he knows she is going to accomplish stuff he yep. won't and he's like i just i'm just going to be there for her that's what i i'm i want to be with your daughter i'm pretty good at it yeah and it's like okay yeah you'll be the woman behind the man uh, the man behind the woman why not yeah um he may never come up with anything that he does particularly well, but if they have kids, um, he's going to be a great dad because he's already yep. been trying to do that. I love the fact, and she says this, she admits this, when she tells her father they had sex, oh my God, no. Uh, but she was like, yeah, he didn't want to. He was really nice. But then I threw myself at him anyway. And I'm yeah, like, like, she or, does. Yeah, she's talking about, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I thought about it. I didn't want to complicate it. So I decided yeah. not to sleep with him. And you see dad is like, oh, and then, but then I attacked him anyway. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and to his credit, he doesn't blow his staff. He doesn't exactly. flip his. Nope. He doesn't. Um, but she's so clinical about describing the whole yeah. thing. It's just so weird. That, um, that whole sequence when they're in the car and they're playing and Peter Gabriel is singing in your eyes. Yeah. That I'm sorry. That is so romantic. Yeah. It is so well, sweet. Especially later on when it gets we get to the boombox. Yes, and, the and, famous uh, scene where Yeah. Which interestingly I knew the scene because I don't yeah. I don't know if you Everybody know. knows the scene. I didn't know it didn't have a payoff. There isn't any. He's nope. just out there playing the song, letting her know from a distance. Reminding him reminding her, and that's it. Then they go to a next scene. Yeah. She doesn't like, run oh. out to him. She doesn't throw anything at him. But it's and, just that's it. 
and then there's an you know also during the breakup he's talking to Corey and I forget the, I think her name's Casey I don't remember um, yeah something like that and he's talking about oh I should do this I should do this and they're like why would you do that and he's like I'm a guy I have my pride and they say don't be a man don't be a guy that well, line the world I is too. full of guys yeah. don't be a guy be a man that, that's awesome this movie has so many good lines it does which is surprising um, the thing that I found interesting was. At no point, and we start really with the party, the the graduation party, at no point is the conflict level actually that high. That party could have, and should have, gone so much worse. There yeah. should have been somebody jumping off the roof. People sh- throwing up. Well, there's one guy who's, who's... One guy, but that's at the end when everyone's left. And what does Lloyd do? He's the key man. He hands the bag back to the, the guys running the party, and there's one key left in it. They find the guy with his head next to the toilet, which... I've been to parties like that too. Yep. Strangely, they were theater parties, but whatever. <laughs> uh, well, there was a there was a lot of puke in that night. Let me tell you, yeah, yeah. And goats. Um, and what? he was at a farm. And okay. <laughs> um, what does he do? What he should have done is hands the key to the guy who's running the party and saying, "He's your thing now. Put him on a couch, whatever." He doesn't. They puts him in the car on the first date with the girl he's been obsessing with. Well, that's not the right word. The girl he's been focused on. For the last however long, he puts the guy in his car and tries to drive him home, only to find out the guy is so drunk he can't remember where he lives. <laughs> so they spend the whole rest of the night driving around until finally, I think his name is Mike, I hate to say, says, Oh, oh, that looks, that's my house. That's where I live. And it's the morning. Yeah. So uh, that's just lots of little things to let you know who, not only who Lloyd is, but who Lloyd's going to be. Some people change a lot when they graduate high school. Lloyd's not going to change a lot. This is who Lloyd is. He's done. He is, yeah. And I'm not saying he can't grow, but his... P- this really is a role that Cus- Cusack had to do. You know, it's, I don't know if anyone else could have pulled that off. And there were other people up for it. I think Johnny Depp was up for it, and a couple other people were up for it. Um, apparently, they wanted to get... Let me see if I can remember who this was. Was it John Malkovich they wanted to get to play that? Ah! And uh, somebody was like that, and he's like, I want to play Lloyd. Whoever it was, they were some big name they were trying oh. to get. And he's like, I want to play Lloyd. And he's like, well, you're at least 10, 15 years too old for the part, but sure. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah. Uh, I think, oh, yeah, I had one last talking point uh, yeah. before. We have, so we see this is a high school romance. We all know how those generally work out, but we're looking now at these two particular characters. We're looking at Diane Court, played by Oni Sky, and we're looking at Lloyd Dobler, played by John Cusack. Do you think they're going to last as a couple? I don't know. I think so. And I think the movie gives us at least enough hope. That's in the final scene. We, Diane has a terrible fear of flying. She's never been on a plane. And the last scene is the two of them on the plane going to England. It's just taking off. And Lloyd is being the perfect caregiver. He's got snacks, he's got books, he's got crossword puzzles, he's explaining everything, because obviously he spent his whole life traveling. He right. knows everything about uh, commercial airlines. And as you know, she, she turns to him and says, you know, nobody thinks we're, we're going to work. And he says, you just described every great success story. Which is true. And as he's saying, now... W- Things that go wrong go wrong in the first five minutes, technically. But it's either when things go wrong, it's on takeoff or landing. Mostly. And uh, he says, as soon as you hear the ding, the seatbelt sign goes off. Everything's fine, and they're just staring at it. <laughs> and the last shot is them staring 
and the screen starts to go black, and you hear the ding just as the screen goes black. Yeah. Uh, I I think that the two likely outcomes I see from this are they do end up staying together, and they are two happy people, and they have kids. She's the breadwinner. He stays at home but does kickboxing or whatever. Mm. Or they do eventually grow apart, but it's utterly amicable, and they never lose touch with each other for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and, I can see either that. And maybe that's me being a romantic, but it's like, sometimes you see those couples that are so in love, you just know it can't last. Like, that yeah. kind of love just doesn't. It can't. And people in high either school that or, it turn, it, or either that or it's too easy for it to turn into something dark. Joe, <laughs> I hate Joe. <laughs> Joe lies when he cries. <laughs> <laughs> she's gra- who is she again? I'm sorry. Lily Taylor. She's been in a ton of stuff. She is a hoot. I like she's her great. a lot. Um, but uh, I'm pretty much out of my notes. Uh, what about yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I think I've uh, got to I think I've covered everything. Let's uh, let's get to the uh, the roundup. Yep. The roundup. So Max. Yes. You had seen this before. I had seen this a number of times. Okay. Um, when you, Do you remember when you first saw it? Did you, you didn't see it in the theater, did you? No, I saw it on VHS, I <laughs> of believe. you did, because... Sometime in the 90s, yep. Uh, do you re- do you, it's probably too long ago. Do you remember your well, reaction at the time? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great, because I had seen so many of these teen comedies, and while this does have some elements in common with a lot of them, it's so it has so much heart... And it doesn't go for the stupid. It wasn't like juvenile humor. Yeah. A lot of these things, you know, like a lot of the John Hughes movies, you know, 16 Candles. Which he was in. Pretty pretty in Pink. Uh, are, again, are good. They're nice movies. They're, but they're so stylized and so kind of almost cartoony. Even some of Cusack's earlier ones, like Better Off Dead or One Crazy Summer where he's... With Demi Moore. That could happen. Yeah, him and Demi Moore, also Bobcat Goldthwait is in it. Oh, so he and Bobcat are uh, romantic rivals, okay. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, because, come on, look at the two. But, Who uh, want to go out with me? <laughs> okay. Uh, this, I, I, all of the characters were just so interesting, and I wanted to know more about everybody. Yeah, like I wanted, I wanted uh, Corey to have her own movie. I wanted to, to know more about the relationship between the dad and the mom. Yeah, uh, I will say that uh, this film does have a style, and that style is white. It's very, very white. There are some people of color at the graduation party, but you yes, literally we, walk they, past them. <laughs> they don't get names. I think no. one has one line that you can only sort of overhear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's yeah, great. it was Seattle and Seattle in the 80s. Pretty white. Right. Very white. No tans even, but there you go. Yeah. You know, so, that, that's still true. But uh, So you, I mean, you obviously rewatched it for the show. I did. What do you think I now? Did. I think it still holds up. The dialogue is still what gets me. I lo- I just... There were so many quotable lines. Yeah. What about you? You've never seen this. I haven't. I'd seen bits and pieces. Like, I'd seen the juke... The, not jukebox. He holds wow. a jukebox over his head. Wow, oh, he's strong. Pipes. He can do that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was that was a very rare one, because that one's actually one that plays albums. I don't know that I've yeah. ever seen an album playing, and a little Dave Brubeck never hurt anybody. Um, so here's the thing. I really like the character. I like Lloyd a lot, and heck, I like John Cusack, or I wouldn't have picked him. And he's a... Almost the most John Cusack in this film. Like that, this is it. If you're going to see John Cusack romantic comedies, it's pretty much right here, right now. 
I will say, and I did see this was true with a lot of the reviews at the time, I think that the storytelling is a little mushy. It is, it's not that the tone shifts, it's just things seem to sort of drift in and out here and there. Yeah, that is true. Plot points just sort of meander in and meander out. And the Things level, that you think should be dramatic aren't. And also, the level of conflict is never very high. Like, again, the party at the beginning, nothing really bad happens. Oh, there's a drunk guy who's, I love you. Okay, fine. That's it. That's the And you have to drive Mike home because he's puking in the toilet. That's well, the at the worst. party, yeah, but there's a conflict going on in that her, her father is about to be indicted on, a, on federal crimes. But it's not like he ever gets dragged, literally dragged off, and she's left alone to fend for herself that we see. And when we see him in prison... Lloyd is visiting him out in the exercise yard because that's possible. And then she walks in. It's probably minimum security. I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually you have to be behind, you know, some sort of barrier yeah. and talking on a phone or whatever. Again, it depends on the level of security. This right. is a financial crime. A lot of the, if you're a nonviolent offender, that's. And not to mention, this guy was not a spring chicken. He was probably not going to be stuck into his supermax. This guy, he's a finance geek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's what yeah. I'm. Uh, Anyway, um, but all of the levels, like even the breakup is bad, but it's not that bad. Um, we don't see what probably happens with Corey and Joe, which I'm guessing is horrible. <laughs> it's like it's it never every time something bad is about to happen, it never just gets that bad. So it's kind of that adds to the whiteness of the film. It's kind of low impact. That being said, I do really like all the people. I like Joan Cusack. She's not really in there much, but you can tell. Nope, you know she's what? terrific. She's also focused on her kid. She's having a hard time dealing emotionally with the loss of her boyfriend or whatever. Probably a good thing, but still. Um, but she obviously cares a lot. She cares about what people think, maybe a little bit too much, but that's understandable. She's a single mom in 89. Mm -hmm. Um the father cares too much, and that's probably what caused it. And I can see him justifying, because he's never that bad a guy. You can tell probably what happened was he's like, oh, my daughter needs this. I don't have the money. Well, Mrs. Smith is about to die, and I really have treated her really well and tried to do my best for her. She won't miss 50 bucks. The family that's, must have well, Except bucks. it's not 50 bucks. Well, it's obviously over, tens of thousands of dollars. Well, but over the years it's been. Yeah. So a little bit here. That's probably how it probably started. Probably a few hundred here and there. The, that's the thing about the dad, though. He pretty much does not admit he did anything wrong. It's like, I took care of these people. Their families yep. didn't do it. I took care of them. It's like, you stole from them. Yeah. You didn't ask their permission. You took their money. Right. They had specific wishes they, they wanted, and you took it. Yeah, but you could tell, I, at least I thought we could tell, that that's probably what happened is it started off with 50 bucks, probably 20 bucks up and small. he justified it and justified it, and it's like, yeah. look... I, took, I made sure that all these people were comfortable, well-fed, clean, and as happy as possible in their last years. None of them missed the money because they're all dead. Their families weren't really doing without, although they don't know that. Um, and I'm sure that, that over time it just built up into this story because, once again, guys don't know yeah. how to deal with stuff. Or at least that's what we've been taught. Yeah, he built up a narrative in his head and believed it completely, yeah. even if it had nothing to do with reality. So as far as a film, just as a presentation... I think it is not, it's certainly not the best Cameron Crowe's done, because other no. films of his I've seen I've really oh, yeah. liked, and I thought were a lot more solid, including Almost Famous, which I've mm -hmm. never seen, but thanks to you, we have. Um, that being said, the actors in this film and the characters in this film, just talking about it with you makes me like the film that much more. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen Say Anything, it's not 
the wacky hijinks 80s teen comedy that you're expecting. Um, it is not the Romeo and Juliet of 80s teen comedies, but it's got some characters you don't tend to see in it. You've got some really yeah. good people in there. You have a lot of people who are not cliches. No. You, ha you have some very believable characters and some absolutely wonderful dialogue and some incredibly quotable lines. Yeah. Uh, even if it didn't make money, but uh, there you go. Did not, but yeah, but it stuck around. It is still very, very much with us, and I, for me, it's a big recommendation. And I'm glad we, I watched it. Yeah. Um, but we have a poll question. A poll question. What's our poll question for next week? Uh, and you can't guess where I got the subject matter for this, but uh, no clue. Uh, which romantic movie couple, including this one, do you wish you could check in on twenty or thirty years later? Let us know. And how can you do that? Why? You can do that through our website, which is maxmikemovies.com, where you will find all of our episodes. Episodes. We have episodes. Epper, epper, I think so. I'm yes, having an episode right now. We have epper pens for our episode. Oh, episodes. My pants are on fire. Um, yep. <laughs> we have all of our episodes, and they are all separated out and kept away from each other so they won't get into fights and cause problems or throw food. You can right. leave comments there as well about that particular episode, the poll question, or even about series or movies you'd like to see us tackle in the future. If you'd like to be more direct, please do. You can email us at us at maxmikemovies.com. Yes. Uh, we can also be found on the podcast app of your choice, including some that we don't want to be on, but you can't help that. So the Google, the Apple, the, uh, the Amazon, the Amazon. Yep. We're on all of those things. Um, you can find us there and you can also find us. And apparently, uh, maybe for a little bit longer on Twitter, because <laughs> yes. things are going real interestingly there. Uh, but Twitter or on Facebook, we can be found at Max Mike Movies. Uh, a lot of you do like to answer the poll question on Facebook, which is just fine. But yep. uh, now, at this point, Max will ask me what movie we're going to see next week, because we're not doing the thing the way we usually do. Yeah. Mike? Yes? What is the John Cusack movie we will be watching next week well uh we're gonna move ahead a few years <laughs> ah, quite a few mm -hmm. years uh to see if john cusack continues to be john cusack or if he's got anything else in him uh but it's gonna be a little late night for this movie uh max we're gonna have to stay up for this oh all right i'll have to take a couple extra naps i'm uh, why what time is it uh it is going to be midnight midnight in the garden of good and evil what a jethro tull album wasn't he on uh, beverly hillbillies I yeah, uh, Jethro yeah. wants to be a rock star. <laughs> so if you want to see Jethro be a rock star, no, wait. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> this is I'm film, almost sure he's not in this movie. This is a film, I have to, I'll be interested to see the trivia. I don't know if it made as big a splash. And I will warn you right now, it is a problematic film because yeah. it's got one of those people in it, in this case, yeah, namely yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yes, may, yes, warning, may contain elements of Kevin Spacey. Yeah, kind of a lot. It also <laughs> has, and I, he looks like he's about 12, Jude Law is in this as a very young man. But uh, next week, join us at midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil and Scones and Snowballs. And fish. <laughs> and orangutans and breakfast cereals uh, and fruit skip bats. Skip it, brother. <laughs>